0: UCB Life Issues with Paul Hammond And a very warm welcome to this week's Life Issues. Now, what do you think is the biggest anxiety for Christian parents? Is it that we will fall short as parents? That our example will be insufficient? That our legacy in our children's memories will be that we didn't give them enough attention or discipline them correctly and fairly or even perhaps turn up enough. Or maybe it will be that they will go off the rails, get caught up in destructive behaviours and relationships, or scandal will befall them and mar their future. These are all important considerations. But I suspect that the foundational core anxiety for most of us who are followers of Jesus and our parents is that our children will not grow to share our faith, to know Jesus for themselves, to discover the truth of eternal life. And it's a valid fear because Paul may well have praised Timothy's mother and grandmother for the faith that they passed on to him. But we all know plenty of families where that doesn't happen. So what can we do? How do we balance, when we look at our children, fear and faith for what will come for their future? How do we avoid overcompensating to try and help them to understand? And how do we ensure a clear message that points them in the true direction of Jesus, rather than perhaps just in a relationship with church. At the end of the day, faith is a personal choice and response. But how do we lay a good foundation, cultivate good soil for the seed to fall into, and teach our children in the way that they should go so they will not depart from it? Well, Andy Frost is director of Share Jesus International. He's also an ambassador for the Kitchen Table Project. He's passionate that people should hear the truth of hope that is in Jesus. And his new book is called 52 Faith Adventures for Dads and Their Kids. Well, he is a dad, so it's appropriate perhaps that he is offering simple, fun ideas to help people explore faith with their children. Because it is a real fear, isn't it, Andy, that our kids will grow up not to know.
1: Yeah, for sure it is. One of those statistics is that half of kids who grew up in the church by the age of 18 would have chosen not to follow Jesus. I've got two daughters now aged nine and seven. And when I'm putting them to bed at night, the odds are that one of them, according to that stat, will not choose to be a follower of Jesus by the age of 18. That's quite, uh, I guess, a concerning kind of fact for me and a concerning issue
0: how do we deal with that because i mean it's a it's a real concern real anxiety when your children are small but of course there'll be people listening to us whose children are older who have perhaps got to that age who have made that decision have chosen not to follow jesus and you know as a dad i might be inclined to feel a bit guilty about that to feel a bit condemned about it to as well as feeling anxious for their eternity
1: I think, first of all, uh, the story in Genesis is amazing, isn't it? Because you have God, the perfect father, who is Adam and Eve in the perfect garden, and yet still they choose to go their own way. That actually, if God is the eternal father, actually kind of his children choose to go their own way in the same way. Actually, our kids might choose different things as well. That ultimately is their choice. And we can't push the Christian faith upon our kids. That's a really bad thing to do. It has to be ultimately a, a choice that our children make for, them, for, for, for themselves. I think for me this whole challenge, though, is looking, at, um, is looking at what we can do in the early years to do as best we can. But also, even if our kids don't choose to follow God, we don't give up on them. We continue to pray for them and continue to look for opportunities to share and speak about faith with them. So both me and my brother actually rebelled in our teenage years. We went off the rails. My brother got, uh, got caught up with the police a couple of times, all kinds of things. But amazingly, we have both come back to faith now. And I think at points my actually dad gave up on me He's thinking we'd never come back to faith. Mm. So I think no matter what you're going through with your children, keep praying for them, keep expecting the God blessing in their lives. But remember it ultimately is their choice they've got to make for themselves.
0: But interesting that you say that because I mean your dad. At the end of the day, he was national evangelist for the Methodist Church, incredibly respected in terms of having a passion like yourself to share faith with those who did not know. It shows something of the weight of the burden that it can be to be a parent longing for your children to know Jesus when they do push back against the traces, How do we manage that fear? How do we manage that burden?
1: Ultimately, I think we're not called to have fear. We're called to actually have faith. And so for me, it's not about carrying this big burden of fear the rest of my life. It's about me to my kids and God. It's their relationship. But what I've got to do, I think, is whatever age or stage of uh, life they're in, is look for how I can best be praying for them and encode them in that faith relationship. And if my kids are in their 40s or 50s or my kids are seven or eight years old, now, what I'm doing, I can be looking for how I can bring them closer to God by yeah. interceding for them and praying for them. But ultimately, it is a God thing, and we can't convert anybody. The dangerous thing is when we think we can convert somebody, only God can change someone's heart, can change someone's life. And really, it really is that balance of saying, ultimately, it's a God thing. We hand it over to God, not as God to be involved in our children's lives.
0: I was taking a look at this new book that you've written. As I said, it is called 52 Faith Adventures for Dads and Their Kids. It's published alongside the Kitchen Table Project, and you can find it on their website as well as just doing a search for it online. But I noted in it that you you start by showing the potential that there is if adults will take time to encourage children in faith. And you do it through your own story. And I mean, I suppose, ultimately, we think, oh, yeah, well, obviously, he's dad. Yeah, obviously, that. But, I mean, you talk about a Brazilian family who just, it looks like, they just fed you as well as talked to you about Jesus. There was the Ron, who was a World War II veteran, who tried to teach you to paint. Has that been a lasting legacy for you? Can you paint? I've given up painting now, but he was <laughs> a,
1: a really important figure in my childhood. So, uh, yeah, you yeah, yeah, must mentioned.
0: And, and your mum as well, of course. But, so just unpack for us a little bit and, and illustrate for us how these different adults from different backgrounds were able to help form the faith journey of Andy Frost.
1: So I think my, in my younger years, there was so much sewn into my life about the gospel that even though I rebelled against the whole thing, in my teenage years I ended up coming back to faith. because I almost hadn't realized quite what I'd been given as a child, what I'd encountered as a child. But for me, not just about my parents' faith, but about actually how the people around me showed me something What it was to follow after God. And the danger is that the Christian faith becomes an hour a week on Sunday morning. And really it's about how we do the whole, whole thing of life, really. And so for me, it was seeing our Brazilian family as we, as we shared meals with them and I got fed very well. But just seeing their infectious joy. And seeing how they prayed before a meal, and just encountering something of God in the way they did life, the old veteran—it was his stories of of um, escaping from a World War II camp um, back in the day, and how God had helped him through that—that really kind of, guess, um, motivated me to think of how God can actually speak in his very difficult and desperate situations. So, hearing these different stories from different people from different ethnic backgrounds helped to kind of show me that the Christian faith isn't just about an hour a week on Sunday morning. It's about how we do life, about how God helps each of us on our different journeys as we explore what it means to be truly human.
0: So do you think there's a a point at which we all have to recognise within the, the community of faith that we all have a responsibility to stir up faith in the children of our community, in the young people of our church, of our broader connection.
1: Absolutely. I think it's really important that actually if you haven't got kids yourself yet or we haven't got kids at all, then actually how do you adopt a child in a way? So often we think of kind of godparents who might become a godparent at an early age and that's it. But it's really how do we invest continually in children's lives, not just on Sunday morning, but actually how we do life. Most parents, it's hard being a parent right now. And if you've got other Christians who will get around parents and support them in that role, that's a really important thing to be doing. Now, as you do that, it's about spending time with those kids and allowing your faith just to kind of bubble up naturally and come to the surface. And um, It could be about going for walks or talking about your life story or whatever else it might be, but seeing how the, the issues of, of, of the Christian faith become part of how it is you live out your life.
0: Mm. And letting that come out, as you say, naturally let that come out with authenticity, but also perhaps having the courage to that because we do live in a world where Sometimes the voices call to us that we need to hold back in expressing our faith so we we have to be prepared to to step forward with courage in this.
1: We do There's something about being intentional in this whole process that um that it's about looking for those opportunities to speak about faith and and seeing what what questions kids are asking actually almost every child is asking questions about meaning and purpose and life I mean quite randomly, my kids, whenever they walk past a graveyard, I've got these random questions about death and about hell and about heaven and all kinds of things. But it's looking for those things that our children are actually engaged with already and seeing about how we can speak something of God's truth and ask some questions around the things they're already thinking about. So it's, it's taking the prompt really from the child, and um, whether they'll be exploring something about their future and their vocation or whether they be looking at their programs they're watching on TV. What some of the themes that we can bring out and explore the Christian faith with them?
0: You're listening to UCB Life Issues. I'm Paul Hammond. My guest this week is Andy Frost, director of Share Jesus International, of course, and as well as being an ambassador for the Kitchen Table Project, he's also a dad of two young girls, which perhaps is what's driven him to produce his latest book, 52 Faith Adventures for Dads and Their Kids. Because there is a sense, Andy, that the role of passing faith on in the home, it's it's a privilege, but it's also a responsibility and one that we do need to be prepared to think through and perhaps train ourselves for.
1: Yeah, I think when you look at the the stories in Scripture, particularly in Deuteronomy, you get this amazing picture as the Israelites are about to enter into the promised land, but Moses is going to leave them behind. And and they're told in Deuteronomy 6 to, to pass on the things of faith to the next generation. It's about doing in the everyday of life. It says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. It's about the everyday of life. Passing on what you discovered about God and passing on to the next generation.
0: It's quite intense, that, though, isn't it? Because, I mean, there's a, a lot of emphasis there. There's not much mention of, of letting the kids vegetate in front of the telly or, um, or, or you know, just give them a tablet in the back of the car and they can, they can just watch a film while you're driving on that journey. There is a lot of intentional prioritisation here. It's that this is the most important thing in the world. I need to make sure this is what they hear.
1: It is, but it's also about doing it in the everyday. It hasn't going to become how do we do an hour-long Greek lesson on a <laughs> Tuesday morning before school, but it's looking at actually how do we thread the Christian faith into the everyday of life? So how is it we say, maybe just saying grace before a meal? Maybe it's um, as our kids are watching Paw Patrol, you kind of think, was that a good choice that character made? And what kind of characters do you reckon these kind of choices could make in the future? And actually exploring some Christian themes in the things that they're watching. So it's not really about bombarding our kids with stuff, but making sure that the Christian faith is relevant to the everyday of life, to the way we actually encourage our kids to share or to love other people, or the way we encourage our kids to, to speak about one another. All these things actually stem from a Christian faith. So actually looking at how we link those things together.
0: And when you are thinking about how those things link together, how do you how do you do that in a way that stays relevant, stays current? Because, I mean, if you've got a child of four – how you are doing that and how you are sharing that is, is a lot more straightforward than if you were a child of 12 or 13 when they are starting to question and push back and, and actually all of a sudden, no, no, I don't want to say grace. Let somebody else say grace. I don't want to say grace.
1: Yeah, I think you've got to look at each child and not only about the different ages, but different, um, different uh, ways in which they engage and learn themselves. But for me, the whole process is about getting alongside. And actually, as parents... We are experts in our kids. We understand our kids better than anybody else. We are in a unique position where God has actually given us to them to look after and to nurture. And part of that is about nurturing faith. And in the different seasons of life, it isn't about um, kind of pushing it upon them, it's about seeing what God's already doing and looking out for what God's already doing. And for me, as kids hit their teenage years, the, the danger can be as parents we can think, I'm no longer relevant. I'll pass it on to the church youth worker or, or somebody else. But actually, as parents, we're still a pivotal in our role in passing on faith. And it isn't about doing it the whole time every single way, but actually looking for the things we can do as our kids ask questions. And actually, most kids will go through a, a kind of phase of asking questions, of expressing doubts. And the dangerous thing we do is we try and quash those questions, we try and quash those doubts rather than allowing our kids to articulate them, to work them through. And at times about saying perhaps even as parents we are not fully understand how things work ourselves but we're willing to have that humility as we wrestle things through with them.
0: So acknowledge to them that perhaps you haven't got the answer.
1: I think so. I think uh as I remember in my kind of teenage years there were lots of questions I had around uh, kind of uh, health and suffering and those kind of questions and there are some things that my parents couldn't fully articulate and explain why does this happen to people? What is it? I mean obviously there's the as a kind of how sin enters the world, but they couldn't always understand why God didn't answer prayers in a certain way, and having that I guess humility to say at times you're not always sure why God does things or doesn't do things, is maybe a part of actually having that 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 space to really wrestle with these big questions. And I think all of us, as we, as we journey on in in, in our lives, we discover. There are certain things we haven't got all the answers to fully, but we trust God even though we haven't got all those answers. And being honest and being vulnerable in those places I think gives us a, a permission to speak to our kids in a way that's real about our faith.
0: But, w- but what if I get it wrong, Andy? What, what if they ask me a question and, and I think I know the answer and I say it, but what if I actually tell them something that, that's wrong and it sets them off down a wrong path? I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I'm responsible for
1: this, Andy. It's, it's, it's down to me. It's me that's going to have to answer for it. It's all you, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I think ultimately it is is a God thing. And you know what? I've got things wrong as a parent. And all parents get things wrong. And we'll get things wrong when we explain the Christian faith as well. That's okay, because God is bigger than these things. But for me, there's a whole thing here about, first of all, recognizing the questions that our children have asking them why they have those thoughts, what, what they wrestle with and what their, their views are personally, then going to scripture and almost always going back to who Jesus is and who Jesus was, was and what he did most importantly, and from there exploring what it looks like for themselves. And now as we do that, there will be things we don't fully understand and there'll be things that we might get wrong as we articulate them, but there's no problem with think as a parent in saying, I'm not really sure about that. That's a really good question. And perhaps there's a great opportunity as a parent to go with your child and wrestle with some of this stuff together. Perhaps there's a certain issue your kids are struggling with. You think that's a really good issue. Let's go back to the Bible together. Let's explore it together. Let's read some different things together. Let's listen to some different podcasts together. And as a child and as a parent, let's work out what we believe as we wrestle through this together. That's an important thing to do, I think, to give space for these bigger questions and to allow our kids to really wrestle through this stuff. The danger is that our kids just um, take what we say is, is true. And then they never really wrestle with it at all. And it's just they get to somewhere in work or at university when suddenly they're challenged for the first time. They've never really thought this stuff through. That becomes even more dangerous to think. And as parents, we won't always get it right. But what we do, we always do it in humility. We always go back to scripture. And when we get it wrong, we say to our kids, you know what? I might have got that bit wrong. I might have actually misunderstood that story. It actually has some really fresh perspective you're bringing.
0: It's almost as though you're suggesting that rather than training up our children in the way that they should go so they will not depart from it when they are old proverbs 22 um rather than than it being that i'm now going to train you it is actually about an ongoing journey of training for all of us we we when our children come along or when somebody else's children come into our sphere it's actually about us growing with them as much as teaching them how to grow
1: Absolutely. I think my kids have challenged me lots about things about the Christian faith he, um, and how I articulate things has changed as I began to journey with my children too. And there are certain things that they wrestle with. I mean, I remember praying for a family who just had a baby prematurely and we prayed for the baby to be okay and the baby died. And having to talk that through with my kids and work out what that meant for our faith was a big thing to wrestle through. But I think there's no definitive answer then for why God allowed that to happen. But in those difficult times, you see how even amongst the grief and the desperate things that actually we can still know something of God's peace and God's presence. And so the whole thing for me is about, as you wrestle with uh, with these kind of big thoughts and reflections, that we allow God to speak into it. We allow God to, by his spirit, give us a sense of his peace and his direction.
0: But it's fair to say, isn't it, that a situation like that, a lot of parents and would shy away from talking to their children about it at all, let alone talk about it in terms of faith and why there is suffering in the world. And, you know, I mean, that's for a lot of parents, that would be a big leap. Why do you think it is important that we are willing to take that leap rather than tuck it away, hide it away, we'll come back to it another day?
1: I think it's what well, Parsons talks about, three major disappointments that kids have. The first is the disappointment with their friends and with uh, those in church leadership who make mistakes and get things wrong. Then the disappointment with themselves, actually, when they do things wrong, having been set in a certain trajectory in their lives. But then thirdly, it's actually disappointment with God. There'll be times in our lives when we expect God to do something a certain way and God doesn't do what we expect. And we're going to have to wrestle through those difficult things. I guess my parents, even though I rebelled in my teenage years, I came back to faith at 18. And my dad died in my 20s. And I think they'd given me permission in my kind of 18 plus kind of years to really wrestle through those ideas of suffering and how God helps us in those difficult times. That when my dad did die in my 20s, I was able to actually hold on to my faith because it actually gave me a sense of security and hope for the future, rather than being someone that actually took the rug from underneath me. So I think actually faith helps us give us a, a better explanation for why we're here and what life is all about. But at the right time, to wrestle through these big questions this is important. Otherwise, our faith becomes a very simplistic thing that doesn't really work. You're listening
0: to UCB Life Issues. My guest is Andy Frost. We're talking about how we give to our children or discover with our children or the children of our community a deeper understanding of faith and how we cultivate that good soil So the teaching of God's word, the seed, if you like, of God's word can fall into it and grow and prosper. His book is called 52 Faith Adventures for Dads and Their Kids. One of the problems, and we've touched on some of the hurdles that parents face in trying to communicate their faith already, but one of the problems that parents face, and it seems to happen younger and younger and younger these days, is the impact of outside influence. Because you can be working away there, trying to instill a foundation for your youngsters, trying to encourage them to to work through and wrestle through some of those big questions for themselves in an age-appropriate way, and then you've got the clamour of all these voices, whether it be at school or whether it be through television or whether it be through social media, ultimately, all these voices clamouring and competing with messages that, well, if we're not careful, just makes you look like an old fuddy-duddy dad.
1: It's a big challenge there for sure. I think look around the world, our kids are being discipled by the things they watch by the playground. But I think what we can instill in our children is vitally important and actually when you ask many teenage kids even who are the most influential people in their lives and often say parents. So we have a kind of critical role right up to those teenage years and going beyond then as well. And so there is a sense for why people um, in our early years with, with our families, it's about how we kind of create the right soil about being a place where our kids know they are loved, where they can ask questions, where there's that sense of humility from our faith. But also I think where the Christian faith is not painted as being just something that entertains our kids, but it's ultimately a foundation for what makes us human. Shows actually who we are and what life is all about, and actually, as a, as a isn't just something that we believe in our heads, but it actually impacts the way in which we live our lives.
0: So, showing them, making it relevant to them, that these these aren't these aren't just Bible stories. These are actually ethical lessons for how you live your life. These aren't just stories of how other people experience the power of God. These are stories about how your prayers are important as well. To actually bring that connection of relevance that's that's an exciting prospect isn't it
1: i think so i think ultimately our kids are looking for almost who are they what is their true identity and there are so many different things around them saying this is your identity and you know if you, if you win a medal at the olympics or if you have so many followers on instagram but ultimately we are saying to them your identity is not in what you do what you achieve but ultimately your identity is in who god says you are and that is a powerful message for this generation they can discover ultimately that God loves them no matter what. And when you begin at that starting point, no matter what the world says about them is actually ultimately not true, that actually what God says about them is first and foremost foundational.
0: Authenticity has to be a big part of this, though. And I just want to take you back to something you talked about earlier, because you, you mentioned the idea of bringing the reality of faith into everyday life. Um, Billy Connolly does a very famous skit where he christian dad and his son go to the football match and as they're coming out christian dad says well son what did you think of the football match and the son goes well father it's a bit like jesus really isn't it as the stereotype but as the as a risk there isn't there because sometimes we're so busy trying to shoehorn faith into stuff that actually no it was just a football match dad (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah but often i am praying for my team to win but that's a be an aside but i think um i think you're right that we but actually my christian faith does impact everything in a way but i think it's about how we make it how we really tease out those kind of implications so for example when we go shopping we buy fair trade stuff why do we do that well probably because we have a, a desire to be ethical and where does that come from well, actually it comes from our faith and well, my kids have a nightmare at nighttime and they wake up in the middle of the night screaming and we say, actually, we're going to pray for God's peace now. There's a story in the Bible about actually Jesus bringing peace to the situation. Let's pray for that peace for you right now. So there are ways we can re- continually relate the Christian faith into every day. The danger is we become, everything becomes the answer is Jesus. Uh, but I think, as I spoke about before, it's about wrestling with some of those big and difficult questions to at different ages in life. But the whole thing for me is looking at how the Christian faith makes sense of how we live out our lives here today. So how does
0: that – and we're going to talk in a bit about some of the things that you put in the book, but, but in real terms, in your average family, struggling to cope with not having enough money, with with pressures of are we going to be able to get all the kids back to school, or are we going to have to have more times when they're off because they're self-isolating? How are we going to deal with all the, you know, the issues of hormones and all of that? Dealing with just the, the fundamentals of life – in a practical, everyday way, how do you structure intentionally inform family life with that teaching of faith?
1: I first of all, it's very different because every family is unique and has different ways of doing things. No set—I can't give you the model answer for how to do it in your family. But there are a few keys to it. And the first is how do you punctuate your family life with moments of prayer whether that be saying grace or whether that be before you go to bed, whether it be in the morning, wherever else it could be. But how do you create moments when you pray together as a family? We pray for our kids. As So how do we pray with them? Second of all is how do you make conversations about faith normal? So rather than being this thing that just happens on Sunday morning or just happens when things go horribly wrong, actually we bring God into conversations on a regular basis. So our kids are used to hearing about the things of God. And thirdly, it's about having to reflect and to ask questions that could be around, maybe around a meal once a week where you get to reflect back on where have you seen God at work in the last week or what's been the most challenging thing at school this week, whatever else it may be, to to create moments of real honesty where you can articulate, but also where you can share too. And I guess finally, it's about actually sharing something of your own journey, and your own struggles. Very simple thing I've been doing is with my kids when we go to church normally, on the way back often, we'd say to our kids, what have you been learning about in church? And that was it. I've been very intentional about saying, kids, can I share what I've been learning about too? Just to model to my kids that I'm still learning, I'm still discovering, yes, I'm still yes. growing my faith. So very simple things like that. So for me, it's about not a set way of doing things, but looking for those opportunities, those rhythms in the everyday of life where we can begin to provoke things uh, with God. I love this one family. They do it each, each morning way to school. They will have a quick prayer hug. They'll get together with the little kids and they kind of have a quick kind of prayer huddle before going to school. Simple things like that. Which bring the christian faith into the everyday
0: but as you say it's not necessarily something that your 15 year old daughter's going to want to do outside the school gates when you drop her when she's a teenager and it is important about identifying that this is a moving evolving changing experience of life but it's suppose it's about laying the foundations that just continue however it's expressed it continues to color it
1: yeah, so with my kids when they were younger, they used to love um, kind of get all the teddy bears out and recreating Bible stories with teddy bears. That worked really well at age three and four. Now age nine and seven, that doesn't work quite so well. So I've got to continually reinvent and re-explore how do I begin to share about the narratives of scripture and how it impacts our lives, we're doing it in a more creative way. And so, uh, probably, why I've written this new book is look at new kind of practical ways for dad to take their kids in these faith adventures. But really, it's about looking for things in the everyday and creating rhythms and being intentional and saying, actually, how do I relate my faith? To what's happening here? That passage from Deuteronomy six I uh, read earlier is very important to me. And I actually put it on my fridge to remind me in the everyday of life to look for opportunities when we're going for a walk, when we're watching TV, when we're doing whatever else it could be, where I can begin to look at how I instill things of faith for my kids
0: you're listening to ucb life issues we're talking this week about instilling things of faith into the lives of our children or our grandchildren or indeed those children of our community that are around us and how we model that and of course it doesn't just have to be for children that are actually within church It is also how we model something that is different in Jesus to the children in our street or the children in the, well, wherever we meet them, on the bus or whatever, so that there is a light that shines, as the Bible says, in their darkness. But if you want to try and get your head around how you might build opportunities to make memories with your children, opportunities to share faith with your children, and opportunities to celebrate being a parent. Well, you should have a look at 52 adventures for dads and their kids. It's written by Andy, it's published by our friends at Kitchen Table, and you can find it on their website kitchentable.org.uk. That's kitchentable.org.uk. Andy is of course the director of Share Jesus International and It's very, I mean, I love the way that you've laid it out because it's very easy to follow. And of course, it's an activity, potentially, it's an activity where you could just do a different one each day. You could just work your way through them. But it's more about creating space for those adventures, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think for me, I think in my early years, I found church very boring. I thought the Christian faith was boring because of that. Yeah, when I read the stories in the Bible, I saw this amazing, exciting God doing incredible things. So for me, it's really about how do we take our kids on adventures, where it's experiential, where it's not about a classroom, about actually kind of exploring kind of big things outdoors, lots of it. We actually bring something of faith into that and create space to have these conversations with our children about things that are bigger than just the everyday of life. Well, let's pick out a
0: couple of them. It has to be said, a lot of them, I mean, there's lots of different ideas in the book. Um, Some some people might even say most of them end up being messy. Um, I mean, what is it with you and wanting to make a mess with stuff when you're playing with your kids? But they all have this normalcy of faith message stacked into them. So let's just pick out a couple and illustrate perhaps how this might impact. For example, stone stacking, which we used to call building a wall. But
1: now it's, it's about building cairns, isn't it? Hey, un- unpack this idea for us. Yeah, a very simple idea, really, of collecting some stones and then building some towers with them. There's actually a whole kind of art now of how you can stack these stones and make different arches and all kinds of creative things. And depending on how old your kids are, there might be kind of different types of stacks you want to try and create and how creative you want to get. But the idea, again, is relating that to a story in the Bible. Actually, as you make this kind of stack, this cairn, you're exploring uh, an Old Testament story of Jacob uh, using a stone to sleep on and uh, to rest on that night. And actually the idea of how important that stone was as a place from where he had his vision. Of their angels ascending and descending, and he says these words. Surely God's in this place, mm. and I didn't even realise it. And explore actually how God is present even in these moments as you do life,
0: and it's a fun activity. I mean, that's the point of it. I mean, you you talk about doing yourself maybe alongside a river course and and all sorts of things that you can bring into it as well. It's about being imaginative and creative. But if we're not that creative, Andy, you know, does it does it matter if it's just a a, a sort of simple, basic idea.
1: I think most well, of these ideas are quite basic and quite fun to do. over there. they're good, good um, activities to go and do as a family or as dad and your kids. I think for me, lots of it is about trying to experience something with the stories. Trying to, when you when you kind of read the stories of the lake and the calm of the storm. Be sat next to a lake, suddenly it begins to help you imagine and to picture what it was like. And so, for me, it's about trying to create some um, emotional encounters with these stories. That these stories in scripture are emotional; they show us something of of who God is, but also what people are like as well. And so, as you do these kind of things, it's about creating space and creating space for some conversations, some questions to ask about what this story means to them, what this story means to you, what it might mean for how it means we live our lives. What's a barbecue? A barbecue, mate, <laughs> is, is a is a must do activity. <laughs> <laughs> who and hasn't done this. one before and specifically this is
0: a, a go on a carbecue pilgrimage now right. i know what pilgrimage
1: is so unpack this for me pitch it together so you find a nice kind of pilgrimage place to go and visit somewhere of historical significance but you carbecue so you uh, you get some meat you put it in the tin foil and you open your bonnet and you put the tin foil next to next to the engine as you're driving the meat cooks so uh, yeah i've done it before yeah, uh, the steak sandwiches when we got there went down beautifully. <laughs> and 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 I wonder what what what
0: Bible message would one bring from a barbecue?
1: I'm not, I'm not sure what one brings to actually. I think it was something about the idea of pilgrimage and going on, on a journey. And again, um, all of these stories. There's 52 different uh, activities. Each activity has a story linked to it. And the idea really is just to make it fun and interesting and engaging, and to help our kids really explore these bigger themes.
0: And it, But it is, I mean, it seems to me, sort of reading through it and there are lots of great ideas. And to be totally honest, if you simply had marketed this as 52 great things to do with your kids, you could have sold the book. Um, but it, it is this, it seems to be that at the heart of all of this is an awareness that perhaps in modern family life, time spent with your children is a really Precious and important thing, and too many things can rob us of that. As my son's mate says, make a memory with your kids.
1: Absolutely, it's about making memories. I think when you look back at your life and you ask about your childhood, and you ask, you know, if you've got siblings, what it was like, you often say things like, "We always, we always went to the park after school on a Tuesday, or we always went to the sweet shop um, after school on a Friday, or." On Sunday, we always had a roast dinner. But these we always things we do that are such important memories and help, them, help us understand who we are and the family that we we're actually a part of. And so for me, this whole book is about how do we create memories with our kids that are memories about faith. That, um, and I guess not only are we busy in life today, always driving our kids around to different clubs or different, different activities, different screen time, but even with our phones, we often aren't always fully present because of our phone by our side. But actually turning off your phone being present with your kids for an hour, an hour and a half, making a really important memory, perhaps taking your photograph to solidify the memory too. But these memories are things about faith. that actually give us space to talk to our kids about what God means to us, about actually how life makes sense to us.
0: And it's about setting that as a priority.
1: Absolutely. I think there's so many things we can do in our lives. We can get very busy with the every day. But by the you know, thing is, I guess as parents, we're never going to have the fully tidy, clean, perfect house Let's leave the mess behind for a little bit. Let's kind of go off somewhere and do something different. Let's create some important memories that our kids, when they look back at their life in twenty years' time, they remember that weird time. And once we had a barbecue.
0: <laughs> well, the thing is, as well, though, it's not you're not just creating opportunities for your own kids when you do that. You're also. Very often, and I see this now in my grandchildren, you're actually creating memories which will then be passed on to the next generation because we used to go off into the woods and we build dens and we would safely, of course, light a fire and cook over the campfire and all of that. And my son's doing exactly the same with his children. And it is that you are sowing patterns of behavior that become almost family tradition and faith becomes a part of that.
1: Absolutely. I think it goes on from generation. I think looking back at my own dad and what he did in my early years and my, my granddad too and what he did, there are key things I've learned from them that are now passed on to my kids. So I hope this book will be a resource to encourage other parents to see what they can do practically as they look to pass on the back of faith to the next generation. I mean, this whole stuff, there's no guarantees, but actually we get to play a role as parents and to invest into our children's lives. And I guess we have many dreams for our kids ultimately my dream for my kids that they'll know who more of who God is. And so these moments are making sure I'm intentional in some key moments in saying this kid is important to dad. I hope it's important to you as well.
0: And a final thought, because as well as making memories and sharing faith in the sort of trilogy of thoughts that seem to run all the way through the book, it's called 52 Adventures for Dads and Their Kids written by Andy Frost. In the trilogy of ideas that run through it, it's make memories, share faith, but also celebrate being a dad. Celebrate being a parent. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we can fall into seeing it as a, a burden rather than a joy, can't we?
1: I think so. Uh, yeah. there's Issues with our kids and discipline and school reports and all kinds of things. We can get bogged down in that kind of stuff. rather than thinking, actually, this is a gift I've got. And there's that old saying, isn't there, there that the... Uh, the days are long, but the years are short. And some of the days feel very, very long, but the years do fly by. Mm. And so really create some key memories and, and celebrate what it is to be a parent and having fun, uh, having fun with our kids, laughing with our kids is so important that actually we, uh, we, yeah, we show them what it is to, to have fun too.
0: And for parents that are perhaps, you know, coming back to where we started, I suppose, either anxious about the future or perhaps fearing because their children, you know, are like you and your brother and me as well, and rebelling at the moment and pushing away from faith. How do you celebrate being a Christian parent in those moments?
1: I think first of all it's about praying for your child and keep praying for them no matter what. But I think it's also about being present and being there for them and just looking out for what God's doing. I believe that God is at work in everyone's life. It's about looking out for what is God doing in their life If they're walking away, perhaps even still now, what are some of the things they're resting with or struggling with? And how can you be somebody who represents Christ to them mm. in that relationship?
0: Well, the book is called 52 Adventures for Dads and Their Kids. As I said, you can find out more about it by going to the Kitchen Table Project, kitchentable.org.uk. Andy Frost, of course, is director of Share Jesus International. And the reality is that all of us, whether our children are five or 50, Our deepest desire, if we are followers of Jesus, is that they might know his truth, his love, his life for themselves. We cannot force them into that mould. We cannot drive them into the arms of Jesus. But we can lay down foundations. And even if they're in their 50s and they don't seem to be inclined, we can still pray. We can still connect. We can still create memories and share faith, and celebrate being a parent, and let the light that we have shine in their lives. It's a great book, it's well worth a read, it's well worth a read just for some ideas, some great activities to do with your children or your grandchildren. Andy, lovely to speak to you about it today. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Hey, thank you. You've been listening to UCB Life Issues. I'm Paul Hammond. Don't forget you can hear this as a podcast on the UCB Player app or indeed wherever you download yours. And why not join me next week for another one? Good night.